Warning, the following podcast may contain potential plot spoilers, but then again, it may not at all. Hello and welcome to Potential Spoilers. I'm Kieran and I'm joined by Matty D. Hey Kieran, the sun has to use his world-class batting skills to hit glasses of water that kills the aliens. And if you didn't want to know that, then you shouldn't be listening to the show because that is a spoiler. That's exactly right. And that's what we're all about here. Potentially spoiling movies, or in that case, I guess, actually spoiling the movie. If you know what movie that is, I wouldn't be surprised if people don't remember that particular M. Night Shyamalan movie. Just to (laughs) drop a little bit of a hint there. But yeah, what we do on this show, if this is your first time listening, is we look at all the promotional material for an upcoming blockbuster movie and we attempt to predict as much of the plot as humanly possible. That's right. And then we go watch these movies movies when they come out and see how close or how far we were away from what was actually depicted in the movie. That's right. Now, this is actually something Matty D and I used to do for fun before we ever did it. Yeah, because it's not fun now. We've done that check before. But yeah, this is something we used to do in our spare time. We'd walk past a poster or it'd be in the cinemas watching the trailers. And we'd see a certain trailer. Yeah, yeah. and we we're like, oh, that looks so predictable. I reckon I know what the big twist is going to be and just call it out. And then most of the time we found that we were eerily correct. So we're like, we've got to record this. We've got to yeah. record this for posterity. Because no one believed it. Yeah, we no told, one would ever believe we'd it. We'd be like, oh, we predicted everything in this movie. And they're like, sure you did. Oh, that's obvious. Everyone would have saw that one yeah. coming. It's like, like no! I predicted that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but we really did. So so yeah, so this is us putting it on the record officially. Mm. Mm. And the funny thing is, is sometimes we disagree with each other what we think is going to be in a movie, which is why yeah. we like to see what you come up with, Kieran, and what I come up with based on the same trailer. Yeah, exactly. Plot, we both posters. go away and come up with our own plot predictions. Occasionally we team up, but we try and do that maybe once in a blue mm. moon. But yeah, quite often we'll find that we're eerily similar. I think that speaks volumes about the movie itself. But when we're completely off, when we're completely separate to each other, I think maybe that's a sign of good writing. Maybe that's a sign. <laughs> That Hollywood isn't dead, dead in the water. But speaking of going to the cinemas and seeing movies that we've predicted in the past, two of the movies that we've covered in previous podcasts are currently in cinemas right now, two of them. So take your pick. Is it Jumanji one? No, it isn't. That's already been in cinemas. That's been out for weeks. I'm guessing you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet. Depending on what you're into, if you're into animals or animals of a different kind, we've got two options for you. We've got Bad Boys for Life and Doolittle. Yes, Doolittle's out. Fantastic. I think we really need to go see Doolittle. Oh, yeah? You're not that keen for Bad Boys for Life? Oh, no. I'm sure Bad Boys will be good, but I think Doolittle will be particularly fun. If you happen to be going to see those movies at all this weekend, feel free to listen to our episodes where we predicted those. I find that it works better generally after you've watched the movie. I think it fits a lot better and it's a lot funnier. And it won't potentially spoil anything for you in the movie. (laughs) You won't be looking out for anything that we say. Yeah, exactly. You won't be like us sitting in the movies bored because you know everything that's going to (laughs) happen. That's only sometimes. Yeah, only Only sometimes. sometimes. But anyway, moving on to what we're covering this week, A Quiet Place 2. That's right. Sequel to A Quiet Place 1. I don't think it's called A Quiet Place 1. I think it's just (laughs) called A Quiet Place. Now, that came out in 2018, and it was directed by John Krasinski, who most people know as Jim from The Office, Mm -hmm. who I believe also wrote it. Well, he rewrote a spec script that he read by two other guys, and he turned it into the movie we know today, but he also starred in the movie. That's right. He was the father with the beard. Yeah, and he was really good. It was really... Yeah, he wasn't Jim from The Office. He didn't stare at the camera. He did a little (sighs) bit. (laughs) He didn't have his trademark stare at the camera silently. It was interesting to see him do something completely different to what he's done before. Yeah, well, he's done plenty of directing and producing in the past. It just hasn't been as noteworthy. I mean, as an acting acting standpoint. As an acting challenge. Mm. He grew a beard. Who's that guy? And he was ripped, by the way. He was buff. Yeah. I don't think I saw a scene where he was shirtless. Yeah, but you could see through his shirt. Mm, okay, you were looking, I could tell. Absolutely. 
absolutely. So if you're not familiar with the original movie, I suppose we could break it down really briefly. Yeah. It's basically about the fallout of an alien invasion where the aliens prey on sound. They don't well, have vision. Well, do we know that they're aliens? Yeah, they basically say that they're right, aliens. Right, because we don't really get a lot of backstory into where they came from, how they came about. So it's basically a sci-fi survival mm. horror movie in a way. And again, a little bit of post-apocalyptic movie thrown in for a little bit of flavor there. But yeah. we basically follow this one family. They have names, which I'll cover in a sec. We're not told their names all throughout the movie. I know. That's why I found this really hard writing this prediction because I was like, I saw the first movie and I was like, what were their names? I don't remember any of their yeah. names. They never say their names, but they're easily identifiable stock members of a family. So there's the mother, the daughter, the son, the baby, the father, so on and so forth. Just random man in the woods with a white beard. Yeah, the guy that yells. I yes. <laughs> loved him. It's just their adventures trying to be quiet. And uh, they thought it was a great idea to get pregnant. I think she might have been pregnant before the yeah. aliens invaded. Yeah, maybe. Maybe they got a, too, a little bit too romantic because of the, yeah. the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. They had a bit too much misery wine. That's right. Well, a, bit, a big thing. How do you how do you make the baby and be quiet? <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, big thing about this movie is that these aliens are very, very they're very super sense of hearing. Yeah. Um. So they can hear the little. They can thing. hear on a supersonic level, and they're completely indestructible and yeah, they've can't got be armored skin, and they're very fast and very strong. So the all the characters that are surviving have to not make a single noise and it's as simple yeah. as and this is in their everyday life as That's well right. so they have to get up in the morning quietly make a cup of That's tea right. which is quietly cook some fish which is what's cool about this movie because quietly most... step on a nail yeah <laughs> well that was that was gross uh because a lot of the time the movie is in almost silence and any little noise sort of gets you jumped up because yeah. you're like oh my god what's gonna happen so when they drop something or something like that happens you really you really get startled more than you would in any yeah. other sort of horror movie and i think it's important to point out as well that by the end of the movie they discover the aliens weakness mm -hmm. right early on in the original movie they have a huge whiteboard with weakness question mark circled yeah and you're thinking well what is their weakness if they have armored skin and they just rely on sound what is their weakness and of course they find out that it's ultrasonic high frequencies which sort of disrupt their hearing and allow them to disable them allow yeah. them to shoot them in the head with a shotgun yeah. while they're confused another cool thing about this movie is they do a lot of sign as in sign language sign language that's yeah. right one of the actresses there is also a deaf actress as yeah. well who will talk about more when we get to talking about who's in this movie. So I think they. So that, spoilers, you know, she survives the first movie. <laughs> it's very clever in that. And yeah. I think we should say that we probably will spoil some things in the first movie if you yes, haven't absolutely. seen that. Well, we just did already. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, and they use subtitles a lot of the time instead of actually having dialogue. Mm. So I suppose that leads me perfectly into asking what your history with the original movie was. Right. Well, I went and saw this um, movie in cinemas. Really? Yes, that's that right. That must have been an experience. Yeah, it was It was on a date, actually. Really? <laughs> that was right, yeah. Were you cowering behind your <laughs> of date? Of course, like, of course. <laughs> clutching her arm tightly throughout the whole movie and she's just calmly watching? Yeah, no. I, I didn't know anything about this movie. It was the other person that really wanted to watch it. I okay. had no idea about it. But when I sat down and watched it, I was like, oh, this is going to be a horror movie. You know how I feel about horror movies, yes. Kieran. Matty D's notoriously a big scaredy cat. <laughs> I put on my brave face because, of course, I had to. Yeah. You, you know yeah, how it yeah. is. I found it a good level of scary. Like it yeah. didn't, it wasn't too bad. I actually really, really enjoyed it. It was suspenseful, movie. but not frightening. Yeah. And I really got suckered into the movie. And I swear to God, when the whole movie wrapped up, I was so surprised because it went so fast for me. I was so invested in the movie. Yeah. I thought the premise was really clever. I thought the way they filmed it was really clever. I loved the soundtrack. And I was just like, this was really, really well done. Like it was a really good film. Really enjoyed it. I was in it. I was suckered in every single moment. I was on the the edge of my seat. I 
didn't realize that they were going to make a second one because I'm just going to put that out there. I didn't think it needed a second one. I think this movie sort of well, speaks for itself. Neither did the director, John Krasinski. Yeah, I think it speaks for itself. I like the mystery. I don't think you need to explore anything more. Well, how do you explain that sort of open-ended cock tease ending where it just sort of ends? I guess that's left I to I suppose the... if there was no sequel, you could just be like, oh, yeah, they work out a way to defeat well, all I, the aliens. I think, I think the way it's ended is that, you know, they find the weakness. aliens' weakness. Yeah. So now they have a fighting chance. So it's like, ooh, humanity has a chance now, and then we end with that. So do they win? Do they not win? It's kind of left in your imagination. Yeah. So yeah, my history is that I watched it in cinemas. I haven't watched it since, but it had an impact on me because I thought as a thriller movie, I thought it was very, very well done. I really liked it. It was one of my favorite movies I watched that year, I think. So you liked it better than Infinity War. That's surprising to find out. No, I... I wait, wait, which one? No, I liked Infinity War, I think, more, but okay. I, I enjoyed this movie. I thought it was... I thought it was very different, which I appreciated. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I only watched it for the first time in this last week. Yeah. And quite like you, I enjoyed the premise. I enjoyed the execution. I enjoyed the scenes of suspense. But overall, I was just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not like Matty D. I'm not a huge scaredy cat. So <laughs> I found a lot of the prolonged scenes that are just silent kind of boring in right. a way. But that's just me personally. I definitely appreciated the filmmaking. and I definitely appreciated the suspense in the scenes where it was suspenseful. But one of the reasons I'm not a big horror movie guy or at least a modern horror movie guy is because I find that they draw a lot of things out and jump scares don't work on me anymore. Intense scenes don't work on me as well anymore. So I just end up being bored. But this movie was short. It was about an hour, 20 minutes long. So it went by, like you said, it went by really quickly. It was a fun movie. I wasn't jumping up and down shouting from the rooftops that it was the best movie ever made. And I definitely didn't think that it really needed a sequel. I just thought, I I suppose the ending, like I revealed before, I thought was a bit of a cock tease. That just, it was so slow for so long. And then suddenly, and then stuff happens at the end. Something's happening. Nup, cut to credits. Because I was really pumped when stuff was happening at the end. And then it just cut. And I kind of, I was like, oh, but I kind of like that in a way. It's kind of like, ooh. Well, interestingly enough, the whole movie was spoiled for me in advance because I watched the trailer because I knew we were going to do it on this show so I watched the trailer and I'm just like oh it's a mum and two kids and a baby going through the apocalypse right. and then when I watch the movie I'm like oh so the dad's not in the sequel obviously he dies oh, oh they have no. a baby obviously she gives birth throughout the movie without an issue oh yeah so everything in the movie and I also saw the farm was burning at the start of the, the trailer so I'm like oh obviously the farm gets wrecked at the end so every surprise in the movie was completely ruined that sucks I didn't even think and there was that. less suspense for me in that yeah. regard because I'm like well I know the dad's going to die I know this kid at the start of the movie that they introduce is going to die because he's not around. That was um, a great scene, though. Yeah, I like mean, I said, I knew that he was for somebody die. who didn't know because I went into that movie and I didn't know anything about. Well, that tells you straight away that yeah. all bets are off. If they're going to kill the little kid in the first scene, then you know all bets are off. Anything yeah. can happen unless yeah. you watch the trailer for the sequel and you know everything that's going to happen. I've got to say, I think watching this sort of movie in a cinema is a lot different than watching it at home. I think it works better in in a cinema setting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was robbed of that experience yeah. because <laughs> I watched it at home I know but yeah I guess I guess for me I didn't go in with any knowledge at all I didn't even know what movie I was going to see pretty much I was like I, had I no suppose idea. that's the best way to see so I think that aided my experience and I don't think it's a horror movie per se I sort of see it as a post-apocalyptic movie rather than anything yeah it's a post-apocalyptic movie with a visible threat yeah in a way or an auditory threat yeah but it's interesting that they took something as basic as being quiet not making a sound and then turn that into a frightening thing did you think like afterwards you're like I would die so fast yes. in this world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, How would we podcast? I don't know. <laughs> the podcast would be compromised. <laughs> Have we'll a soundproof be... box or soundproof room yeah. where they do the podcast. We'll podcast near a waterfall. It'd just the... be the behind the waterfall show or we just whisper <laughs> everything. Like, Hello, welcome to Potential Swap. We're an ASMR show. Yes. 
Every podcast just becomes an ASMR show. (laughs) Another thing that I found while I was watching the movie was I just kept having questions. Mm. Like I was watching it with my girlfriend who, again, was watching it for the first time. And I'd just be like, so how concentrated is their hearing? Like what can they hear and what can't they hear? What circumstances would you be in where they would prioritize one sound over another? Do they just hang around where they heard a sound until they find food? Or do they eventually leave when they hear another sound? Well, I think it was explored in the movie that they go to the loudest sound, right? Because... yeah. There was a time where somebody makes a noise and then someone makes a louder noise and the monster goes to the loudest noise. Yeah. Well, there's a bit where they drop a lantern and start a fire and there's no consequence to that because I I suppose it like a raccoon ran past outside and that was noisier for some reason. Yeah, I guess so. Well, maybe because they go to the nearest noise, like, or not the nearest noise, but the most recent noise. I suppose so. Maybe. But then I was like, well, if you wanted to study them, couldn't you set up like a boombox somewhere? And like play a track that starts quiet and then the sound comes in suddenly. They come running over and you can watch them from afar through binoculars. Mm. Oh, Matty D's hiding his... No, I think he's got some plans <laughs> for the sequel. Yeah. Anyway, get, let's get back to talking about the sequel. So as we discussed before, the movie was written originally as a one-off, even though it had a cocktease ending that I disagree that they didn't have a sequel in mind. Several writers actually pitched story ideas to Krasinski, but they were all too franchise orientated. Yep. I'm not quite sure what that means, but I'm presuming it means that they all... We're going for a trilogy. Yeah, they're like, okay, we're going to have another open-ended movie here. We're going to leave it on a cliffhanger so everyone's like, oh, I've got to come back for part three. Yep. Definitely. Nick Fury will visit the family and say, yeah. you want to join yeah, an initiative? We're setting up an initiative. <laughs> <laughs> all the Avengers are dead because they're too loud and we need you guys. <laughs> it's right. Yeah, Samuel Jackson would be one of the first people to die. Oh, God, yeah. Because he'd be like, these motherfuckers! And then just be taken out. <laughs> Imagine all the first people to die like Gilbert Godfrey. Another, th- yeah, another thing that I thought, <laughs> another question I had, I know we're diverting again, yep. is what if you talk in your sleep? Well, then, you, you, then you're done. Yeah, like what if you just you, roll over and groan during your sleep? Then you die. Yeah, okay. I, I guess think, it's the survival of the quietest sleepers. Yeah, well, I think the only reason that this family survived was because they had a deaf child and they're used to communicating without speaking. Yeah, exactly. So that's what we're supposed to assume. There. I did wonder how they learned sign language so fast, but then if she was deaf the whole time, oh, then yeah. obviously. Obviously they would have known. That's how they picked it up. Imagine if you just farted. <laughs> like, yeah, that's what, that was my first question in the movie. I'm like, what if you couldn't hold it in anymore? And then you're just like, I think it's going to be a quiet one. And then it comes out noisy. Wham, you're dead straight yep. away. That's how the wife died. You know, the guy with the beard, his wife was dead on the ground. That's how she died. She was walking through the woods and she was like looking around. It's like, if a woman farts in a forest, can anyone hear it? And then she farted. Yep, they heard it. We've all been in situations where we've had to be like quiet. So, yes. you know. Somebody sleeping. You'd or make something. like a stupid face, wet, and wet. I'd start laughing, and we'd both be dead, <laughs> like we did on stage. Yeah. Yes, when we were in the theater. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as I mentioned before, getting back on track, people brought script ideas to Krasinski. He didn't like any of them because he thought they're all leaning too much on the whole idea of a franchise. So he ended up writing this sequel himself, and he thought he would be the best fit to match the tone and the world of the first movie. This bothers me a little bit because every time this happens, when they force somebody to write a sequel, every time that happens, the sequel is never any good. I suppose the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, we'll find like, out didn't with they this do movie. That? Didn't they do a... Well, James Cameron, Terminator 2. They did a uh, Hannibal prequel that wasn't any good. And that uh, was, Hannibal that Rising. Was, yeah, that was something that the... The, the, the author. No one wanted Thomas to Harris. Do. Yeah. Worse books than movies, I'll tell you that. Anyway, back to what we want. I, we really don't want to talk about this Let's movie. Go we should just go place. home. We should go home it's now. Because this movie shouldn't exist. Let's just put that out there. Okay. That's my opinion. This movie, Quiet Place 2, shouldn't exist. I so this is good. a real reflection of 2020 Hollywood, where it's just like, you're going to make a sequel. Or something. The movie good. made Let's money, put it out. 
Yep. No one likes Suicide Squad. It made money. Do a sequel. So at least we got the original writer to, to do yeah. the script. So at that's least something. it's going to be an uncompromised vision of sorts. Yeah. Of sorts, because it's still a part of the world. It's going to match the tone. Same writer, same director. So we've got that to hold on to at least. Yeah. So what do we know about the movie so far, Matty D? So, so far we have one trailer for this movie. Yeah. That is all I've been able Basically to find. Basically a teaser trailer. Basically a teaser trailer. And in this teaser trailer, we get a little bit of what happened before the events of the first movie. Yeah. So we get a flashback. Uh, we get to see the family sort of surviving after the events of the first movie. You've sort of mentioned a little bit about what you saw and how it sort of <laughs> ruined the twists yes. of the previous movie. And we're to believe that the family are to run into a group of other survivors. So the cast is getting bigger. There's more people alive and more people are dealing with this threat. And what happens then, I guess that's what And we're, we're on a bigger scale to. now. That's right. We're not just confined to one farmhouse. Yeah, they've gone They've outside. got a budget now. They've gone outside their farmhouse. So one trailer, there's been posters released with this uh, movie but nothing that shows a lot just people looking scared people looking scared people looking into the distance yeah so very minimal information I don't know if you found anything else well Paramount actually has an official description of the movie I read this description it was not helpful at all no exactly it reads as follows and you can see how helpful this is to Matty D and I following the deadly events at home the Abbott family that's their name by the way the Abbott's the Abbott family must now face the terrors of the outside world as they continue their fight for survival in silence Forced to venture into the unknown, they quickly realise that the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. That's something we didn't point out. They tried to keep quiet while walking around by walking barefoot on sand. Yeah, they pour out a pile of sand to walk on rather yeah. than walking on like dry leaves, which yeah, is clever. Exactly. I don't think they're going to do that in this movie. No, no Because sand. they'd have to carry around a lot of sand to go as far <laughs> as they Imagine if they did. Imagine if they just had a pile of sand. just like They just have a, a truck going in front of them, dumping beep, out sand. Beep, beep. <laughs> so that's basically everything we know about the movie. And I realised when I sat down to write my plot, I had a good idea of how the movie was going to open. Mm. No ideas beyond that. Yeah, okay. I really struggled with with this one. I don't know about you, Matty D. Yeah, I, I did as well because I don't know. I can kind of get a vibe of where they would go. So I don't Yeah, I, I get the like, vibe of where they're going to go, but, like, but just exactly yeah, what is going to happen. Yeah, I I'm found like, it hard to so question. Eventually, what I kind of came to is what I would sort of do if I was writing this movie. So that's that's where the direction I went to. I think the trailer is being a little bit secretive because I think mm. they only highlight the first few minutes yeah, of the movie. Yeah, definitely. And then they show flashes of moments that happen later in the movie. Definitely. Typical teaser trailer style. Definitely. So maybe trailers in the future will give more information about the plot. But the ones that we have right now, the one that we have right now, basically shows nothing. So our openings are going to be identical, Matty D. Oh, definitely. And then everything else in the movie is just completely up in the air. We could have anything. We could have them going into space back to the alien's planet. Yeah, they go into their spaceship. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That'd be great. They press the self-destruct button and save everybody. Imagine if it was like an Aliens 2 style movie. Yeah, I didn't even consider that because <laughs> the first aliens was quite suspenseful if they just go all out action movie maybe they will we don't know i don't think they will they're going to try and match the tone of the first movie and do the same thing again <laughs> as close as possible i can guarantee it when you have a good formula so let's talk about who's in this movie again like last week i am relieved to say that there's only a handful of actors in this movie so we don't have a huge list of actors to go through and name all their credits and characters to work into our plots so i'm very grateful for that thank you very much john <laughs> so returning as evelyn abbott the mother is Emily Blunt, who we know probably most famously as Miss Piggy's receptionist from The Muppets. I thought you were going to say Sherlock Gnomes. Oh, that's right. She was Juliet in Gnomeo and Juliet, wasn't she? Yeah. You said Sherlock Gnomes. Was she in that as well? I think so. Wow. She just likes doing animated gnome movies, apparently. (laughs) No, I actually first saw Emily Blunt, well, she first came to my attention in Devil Wears Prada, Mm. which I think was the second movie she ever did, where she played the bitchy secretary, not Miss Piggy's secretary. (laughs) Yes, that's when I first sort of saw her as well. 
there because I think she really stood out in that movie, mm. in a movie full of great acting yeah. too. Was she in something that we've done on this show? No, she's about to be in Jungle Cruise, which we're going to cover in That's a couple it. of episodes. That's it, yeah. But she was also recently Mary Poppins in Mary Poppins Returns. Yes. For some reason, because I don't think she looks at all like Julie Andrews. I think it's a good casting. Yeah, I haven't I, seen I suppose movie, who else are you going to get? Yeah. I think Julie Andrews is still available, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Just really old Mary Poppins. Anyway, moving on. Could work. Returning again as the daughter, Reagan Abbott, is Millicent Simmons, who we mentioned before, is actually deaf. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know how she's going to move beyond being typecast as the deaf person because I looked at her credits beyond this movie where she plays a deaf person well beyond the previous movie as well she's always deaf person and then her whole bio if you read her Wikipedia page they're like she became deaf after ingesting too much medicine or something like that really? Yeah, apparently that's why she was. She received an overdose of medication. Oh my god! And lost her hearing in I think late childhood, mid childhood. Regardless, everything in her bio is about her being deaf, and then all the deaf roles that she plays in movies. So yeah. I kind of feel sad that her options feel limited maybe, in the world of Hollywood. Maybe Hollywood should be writing more deaf characters then. Yeah, maybe it should I be the other way so. around. Or maybe they could cast her as a non-deaf character. Maybe let her well, acting talents shine through. She is still young. Yeah. Still plenty of time to, to break out and the do other things. The future is ahead of her. That's right. Not like us. <laughs> us old podcasters here. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're washed up. We're tired. We're done. Now, returning as Marcus Abbott, the son, is Noah Jupe, who you may remember as being the best friend of the deformed kid in Wonder, if you saw that movie, Matty D. Oh, I think I did, yeah. Otherwise, he's most famous for being in the first movie, A Quiet Place. Mm. These kids look so much older. Yeah, I know. Movie. They look so much. They look at least a year older. Yeah. Especially Noah Jupe, who's. It's funny what a year can he's do. He's had it. a growth spurt and he's oh hit puberty in between movies. And it's supposed to be directly continuing on. So I don't know how they're going to explain. Oh, it's the next morning. Marcus, you're so much older. <laughs> and you've hit puberty overnight. <laughs> We're just going to ignore. We're just going to ignore the fact that he's visibly older now. Yeah. I think that's what we. He just grows up fast. Yeah, we're, we're like Matty D. We haven't seen the original movie since cinemas, and we won't even notice that he's a year older now. Yep, and looks like a completely different. Looks person. like an adult. Yeah. So a new character in this movie, he doesn't have a name, but I just refer to him as the Stranger. Is Cillian Murphy? Yes. He's probably most famous for being in Twenty Eight Days Later, where he played the main character. He was also in The Dark Knight mm-hmm. and Batman Begins as in- the Scarecrow. Inception. And he was in Inception as well. He was the guy whose dream they went into. Yes, that's right. He plays a lot of creeps and he's in Peaky Blinders. Is he? Yeah. Is he the main character he's in like that the show? Main character, okay, yeah. I've never seen it. That's his big thing at the moment. I've always been a big fan of this actor, by the way. Yeah. I've been a big fan of Cillian. I don't know what about what it he's is. He's a very about underrated him. actor. He's he's just got a certain look and everything he does is interesting. The characters he plays are always interesting. It's kind of cool to see him do this movie because it reminds me a lot of 28 Days yeah. Later in a way. He's got a beard so, now. I'm always excited when, because he hasn't done a lot of movies that I'm aware of because uh, I guess he's been doing TV, but it's really good to see him again. And whenever I see him cast in something, I'm kind of always a little bit excited because I know he'll do a good job. Yeah, I always rate him as a great mm-hmm. actor, but like I said, very underrated. Very underrated. Now, the last person I want to talk about, and is definitely not a person we've never talked about before, yes! the hardest returning as the hardest working man in Hollywood is Jaimon Honsu. There he is. He's back. The hardest working man in Hollywood. I knew that we'd be talking about him again oh, in no time at all. We can't have like two episodes so go by without us talking about him. sixth appearance on our podcast. This is the sixth time we've discussed a movie with him in it. <laughs> and that's including your Robin Hood movie where he played all the characters. Six time on the DJ. Now, he doesn't have a name either, so I just refer to him as Jaimon Onsu in my plot. <laughs> I don't know what you refer to him as. Yeah. I suppose we'll find out right now because it's your turn to go first. Yes. 
Yes, it is. Well, let's go straight into it. So here's how my Quiet Place movie starts off, and it'll start pretty much really, really close to how the last movie was. It, we're going to just see a black screen and just say see the title Day One appear on the screen, and we're going to go into a flash. In the original movie, they started in like day eighty or sixty nine mm. or something like that. That's right, and th- and it sort of progressed each day. Yeah, which I kind of like until that. they got to. 2020. Yes, that's right. So presumably this movie's still set in 2020. Oh yeah, it is, isn't it? So we've caught up. We've caught up. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. What's that outside? This year's going to be bad. Don't fight, Matty D. We will die so fast if there were aliens that had super hearing. Oh man, not long for this world. All right, so day one appears and we're going to a flashback where we'll see the events before the first movie. Pretty much everything that happens in the trailer is going to happen in this bit, if you've seen the trailer. So Evelyn is driving with her children. Everything appears normal. She's sort of talking to them. The kids are bothering her. Well, it appears normal, but it's obviously a tense situation because she looks concerned. And she's comforting the baby who dies in the first movie in the back seat. Yes, yes. I think at this stage they're just kind of r- driving along. First thing that goes off is the radio starts playing up, and I think that's the that's the, the indicator. Aliens. Yeah, the aliens are because you know they've got these sonar they disrupt things. electricity everywhere they go, yep, so it yep. starts freaking out. Like lights start blinking. Yep. Sound starts feeding back. So the radio goes off. The baby starts crying. Evelyn's trying to calm the baby down. Well, the it's kids, a four-year-old, but still, I guess a baby are, in our eyes. The kids are freaking out like a little bit concerned she's trying to calm everyone down the father uh, is not present because he's not in this movie so he just happens to conveniently not be here at this stage just off screen and then we're just going to have a suspenseful moment where boom the monsters drop down and chaos ensues everyone starts being ripped apart we will see it in the point of view of the backseat of Evelyn's car and we'll see Evelyn driving around seeing cars crash trying to avoid trouble and then boom we'll go straight to present day where a title screen will come up again and I can't remember what day it left on in the last movie, but it'll be like a few days after that. It was just 2020. Yeah, yeah. We'll just say present day. There we yeah. go. Then we can get rid and of And it is thing. present day because it's 2020. That's right. So we're going to open up with the family. Uh, I think Evelyn will wake up. It'll be sort of seen as her remembering this, I guess. I was a dream. Oh, not really a dream, but you know. A flashback dream. A flashback, yeah. The family is, uh, is walking around the ruins of the present day world to a beautiful score. Man, I love this score and I'm looking forward to hearing it again. I don't remember it at all. Really? It's great. Right now, it's just the three of them. So it's it's Regan, Noah, and Evelyn. You don't count the baby as a person? And the baby, which I'm going to go into because the baby is in a soundproof box. Yeah. Now, I don't really understand- a homemade soundproof box. How this- With an oxygen tank. Yeah. This is a very big stretch. The whole the whole birthing thing was a big stretch as well. Like, yeah. I could go with it yeah, for the movie. Especially for her. Because I thought that was so clever in the first movie. I was like, oh my God, she's pregnant. Like, in the whole movie, I was just like, how are they going to- Like, how are they going to get around this? Like, there's no way- I can go with the payoff a little bit, but... It's the quietest baby in the universe. part of me was just like... "Ah." So it's soundproof box, and they gas the baby all the time. Well, no, they give it oxygen so it doesn't suffocate. Yeah. And so its mouth is also covered. No, no, no. (laughs) To put it to sleep. No, so its mouth is covered, so its voice is muffled. Its Mm. cry is muffled, but it's getting oxygen at the same time. Okay, that's clever then. They're walking around, and they've got this baby box with them. (laughs) It's soundproof. There's going to be a scene where they're kind of walking around the ruins. They've kind of left their farmyard. We might see a scene where it's burning. They've left. We do. It's in yep. the trailer. Yeah. They've left their farmyard and they're kind of walking through the ruins of the current day world. And this is going to be a reintroduction of the world that we're in and also the concept because we're going to have a scene where they're going to have a close call with a monster. Uh, so a monster is going to be very, very close to them where they're in a nearby town, maybe grabbing some supplies. And, you know, a monster comes up. One of the children knocks something over. Monster nearly comes after them. And 
Evelyn calls us, uh, throw something down the... She throws her keys down the street. Yeah, throws something big and clunky out of the way and causes a bigger sound which the monster goes through and they all escape. And it's just reintroducing us to the concept of what the monsters are and what they do. More beautiful music, more walking. <laughs> there's going to be plenty of that. So there's going to be a point where they're going to see a sign that's going to be people have written follow this like a crude yeah, handwritten sign follow this to uh, Haven my instinct was to have a, a radio call out for like people that are like hey we're survivors come find interesting. us because you know that's a typical way these movies go yeah. but radio in a world where you have to be silent makes no sense but these monsters you got headphones on I didn't even think of that. But I thought, well, these monsters are blind, so what would be the best way for people to communicate? They'd write stuff yeah, down. That's right? a great like, idea. Like, I'm surprised they didn't do that more in the first movie. Like old smugglers and stuff used to write codes in places yeah. where they would like rob houses. And hobos as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, similar a hobo to code. So the family, maybe the child's going to, Noah's going to find a sign. He's going to be like, sign language, his mum to look, say, Pizza hey, Haven, this hey, way. Hey, look, like it says, follow this to Haven. And they're going to go on this walk, this journey, following these signs to, where they presume there's going to be uh, more people that might be able to help them because they're currently by themselves. They have no home at the moment. They're they're, they're living day way. by day. They're living day by day. They have no access to food, have no shelter. They're exposed to the elements. It's pretty bad. I wonder what would happen if it rained in this world now that I think about it. Because rain's That'd be pretty loud. good because there'd be so much sound and you could cover yourself. Yeah. Maybe there'll be a scene in this movie where it rains and they can just like... The monster's just freaking out, just running all over the place. And they're just like, yeah, sick. It's raining. Well, you don't see them running around freaking out at the waterfall. So no. They just go, oh, yep, it's raining. Yeah. That's all I can hear. They listen out for louder sounds in the rain, like yeah. a firework. So they finally make it to a fence. There's a hole dug into the fence. They walk through and they set off a booby trap. Booby trap. Did you say boo-boo trap? Booby trap. Okay, yeah, booby trap. Booby trap hits off a, a loud... Uh, collection of bottles. Collection of bottles. They go, oh, no, and they run off and evade uh, a monster attack. And as they go into this abandoned sort of... So they're not fighting back against the monsters anymore? Like no, was established no, at no. the end of the previous movie? Not, not at this stage. Not at this stage. They're running off. They might be out of ammunition at this stage. Okay, yep, good so call. It is actually not going to be something that we see at the start, but they have fought off against the monsters and because of this they have no... Because there's so many monsters. Like, yeah. It's just... It's just who her. knows? They might have had two shotgun it's shells. It's just her. Exactly, exactly. And there was a lot of monsters in that barn there. No, so there was three. That's still a lot. <laughs> It's much more than one. <laughs> That's right. So just as they go into this, uh, I'm going to say it's a dilapidated church. So it looks like a dilapidated building. They get captured, not captured, but almost rescued by a soldier who covers Evelyn's mouth, tells a them soldier, to come huh? down. Yeah, someone who looks like a soldier. Okay. A stranger and tells her to come down. And where, where we're going to be pulled down to is we've got these vaults. So this guy opens up a, a vault and takes Evelyn like a and money family vault. down. Exactly. Like, a like bank an vault. Uncle Scrooge vault. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Like that. And where this... Where they come down to is they've got these catacombs. These people have found these uh, catacombs that are... Um, the famous American catacombs. Protected. Well, you know, this underground sort of bunker. Right. It's kind of like a um, a Like doomsday. a World War One or World War II yeah, bunker. Yeah, exactly. Ammunitions exactly. bunker. That's that's what this place is. Uh, it's sort of like a bunker that sort of originally was made to... Usually um, they have those on the coast, but maybe they're <laughs> traveling by the coast. Yeah, maybe they are, because that might work into it. This place was originally a bunker to be protected against being bombed, and these people are using it because it sounds... Proof. Right. So this is where we're going to be introduced to a whole new cast of characters, and the and our family can finally speak, which will be an adjustment for them because they've never been able to speak before. 
speak freely. It's kind of yeah. like an awkward thing. And we're going to meet... They're like, is that what your voice sounds like, mum? You're British, mum? I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Like, we're going to meet Cillian Murphy's character. Who is? Who I'm going to call... So this is this is my idea, right? So right, the, the yep. family's name is Abbott, right? Yeah. It starts with letter A. I could see them go, oh, well, the next family they meet will start with a B. Right. So his last they're, they're name... They're the B family. They're yeah. the Bennett family. Okay, interesting. And Cillian Murphy's character will be called Lee. Why Lee? Because that is the... the same name as the dad. Exactly. I thought that was a died. clever thing. Okay. Exactly. So that's what his name is. His name is Lee, but I'll just call Lee him... Lee Bennett? Lee Bennett, that's right. I'll just call him Silly Murphy and the rest of my plot. Okay. It's Lee and Grace Bennett, him and his wife, who are in this bunker. Who plays his wife? Uh, I, I didn't have the actress down, but she's credited. Really? Yeah, she okay. is. All right, there she's, we go. She's uh, Lauren something. Right. Cillian Murphy is the leader and he's got this underground society. They're all kind of just bunkered down and protecting themselves. They'll occasionally go outside to get more supplies, but they're kind of surviving in this environment here. And we get the idea that they've given up all hope. They're just, this is our lives now. We can't defeat these things outside and we're not going to try to help anybody else because we're all doomed. The world that we used to know is lost to us now. Yeah. So we spend some time in this vaults. Noah is listening to a radio and this will kind of be reminiscent of his dad. I think we're going to see a lot of his dad in this character. So with headphones like, on? Exactly, with headphones on. Okay. And he will hear a distress call from somebody who's calling out for help. And so he will tell his mother, Evelyn, and Evelyn will come up and confront Cillian Murphy and say, we need to go help these people. Cillian Murphy doesn't want to go, but uh, Cillian's wife, Grace says, no, we should do this. We should help other people. So they're going to go off and they're going to go to try to track down where this settlement is. These guys have given coordinations of where they're located. So they've sort of said, help us. We're located here. We don't know how long we can hold out. So they're all going to go. Evelyn, uh, Cillian, Jaimon Honsu, who's also here. All these guys are sort of have a military background. That's why they're all together. Right. And maybe a few other sort of guys that are soldier types. So they're all... Oh, that would explain why they're in a, a military yeah. encasement. Yeah. I think Cillian Murphy is a sort of military figure and he sort of protected his family and all these guys are here as well because of that. And everybody else... Are there families could... here too? Ah, yeah. Dribs and yeah. drabs? Yeah, dribs and drabs. Okay. And anybody else they could save at the time. But yeah. they've kind of they kind of started off trying to save everyone, trying to defeat these guys. Then they're trying to protect themselves. Now they've kind of given up. They're just like, it's just us. Forget everybody else. But Evelyn uh, convinces them to all go out and try to f- help these guys. So they go out to a town, a small town. They have an idea. They they meet this family. And I didn't know whether I wanted to say that this was going to be a trap, whether the family, whether the people that called them out were doing so to steal their supplies or something yeah. like that. I thought that would be really cool. They're robbers. Yeah, they're robbers. That's and they right. they just lure people in. That's right. So I thought that might be what happened, but I thought, no, nah, it'd be better if we just saw more people in distressful situations. So we see we see some people that are like really at a very desperate time. They're not doing well. They're very starved. They're wounded. We meet a character who's bleeding because they've been knocked or one of the monsters like yeah. hit He's them. He's been clipped. Exactly. And they're trying to get these guys out of there. But this person who's injured just lets out a blood-curdling uh, scream. And this is when all the monsters start to attack most of our characters get out alive. Uh, certainly Evelyn does. But Grace, who's also here, dies. That's Cillian Murphy's That's wife, That's Cillian right? Murphy's okay. wife. So then we're going to go back to the vault. So what's happening with the baby? The baby's in the vault. The kids okay. are all in the vault. They're, yeah. they're not going to take their kids out in this like expedition. So what are they feeding the baby? <laughs> Did the mother have like a breast pump that she's like well, I think pre-prepared they, some milk for the baby? Well, they've they've taken supplies from the house, but they've sort of been going, as they've been journeying, they're going on town to town and they're just getting food as they go by. When they get to... But Maddie D, the baby's not going to eat food. It has to have booby juice. <laughs> 
Yeah. Or could have formula. Maybe they found yeah. a whole heap so of formula. I think they'd find like things like that. And, you know, when they get to the vault as well, yeah, they have like supplies enough. there. I won't question it too much since the baby was sort of implausible in the first movie anyway. Mm. I don't think they'll be too concerned with it. Also, this vault has a lot of supplies because they've been like yeah. living off this stuff. So they had like all these preservative stuff that they've just kept yeah. for this exact reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Alien so, invasion. Well, not this exact reason, but you know where I'm going with When they go to the vault, tensions are really high. Cillian Murphy's character is really angry with Evelyn because he blames her for his wife's death and he's going to be very distraught for the rest of the movie Evelyn has an idea she says look when I was in the barn and this is where we're going to have a recount of everything that happened at the end of the first movie she says like there was a high pitched sound we managed to kill these monsters so they're not invulnerable we can actually wipe them out and she has an idea what her idea is is to lure them all into a open space with loud music (laughs) and then start playing some rock and roll and then play something at a very high frequency and then just wipe as many out as they can. Blast them. Exactly. And she's very much like, my husband died. I want to bring the fight to them. I'm sick of running. So it does turn into aliens. Mm, Sort of. Cillian Murphy doesn't want to do this, but he gets outvoted by the rest of the people in the vault. Yeah, they're ready to fight back too. They're ready to sort of go along with Evelyn. They're like, what are we going to do? Just sit here? Let other people die? That's not what we're about. So they all go out. It's just going to be outside the vaults themselves because they know that area pretty well. So you know the area we saw in the trailer where Evelyn knocked over the bottles. It's going to be in that area. They're going to set up these speakers that they're going to find. So why were the bottles set up there in the first place? Oh, yeah. Because think about it like this. If a monster gets into... Oh, it's an early warning for them. It's an early warning for them. And also the monster's going to go straight for the bottles. Yeah. Also pillagers, you know, whoever. Because people in this universe we're going to explore are not all great. There's raiders. There's a Fallout style. Exactly. People are not always got the best uh, intentions. Stock standard post-apocalyptic movie plot lines. That's right. And these guys here are very paranoid as well. So where was I? Oh yeah, so they set up everything to make this loud noise. They, I'm going to say they set off fireworks actually. That'd be cool. Like in the so, first movie. Like in the first movie, yeah. So they're going to set off a firework. All the aliens, we're going to see them all come in, doing their thing. And then they're going to flip the switch to play a very high frequency and down in the vault they're going to have like a machine that's going to be able to turn it yeah but of course something goes wrong we're going to have got a, a sonograph down we're there. going to have a tense moment where the monsters are coming and then the music's not playing they're like oh no oh no oh no oh no i mean the high frequencies aren't playing. yeah the high frequencies not playing so eventually maybe maybe it's like a doc martin scene where they just like plug the cable back in <laughs> you mean doc brown yeah doc brown that's right what did i say doc martin doc martin like the tv show <laughs> like the boots yeah. Oh, I forgot to say at this stage, before this happens, um, I'm just going to do something retroactive here because I forgot to mention it. Cillian Murphy will point a gun while they're outside, point a gun to Evelyn and go to kill her. Why? Because he, she's responsible for oh, killing okay. his wife. Because it was her idea to go. Yep. His yep. wife backed them up. Yeah. So and that's, then if it wasn't for that, she wouldn't be dead. That's right. That's right. Actually, I'm going to change my mind on what's going to happen. So she's going to point the gun. She's going to say, what are you doing? If you shoot me, the noise will attract all the monsters and will be dead anyway. And he sort of says, I don't care. You, yeah. you took the one thing that means anything to me. Reagan will get out of the vault. We'll see this happening. And she will shoot Shalene Murphy, saving her mum. And that loud noise of the gunshot will cause all the monsters to come out. And then they'll fumble around. They'll play the loud music when all the monsters are there. The high frequency. The high frequency. The monsters start losing their minds. And then they, they start p- dancing. They pull out their guns. And this exposes the children. So the children are out there as well because they've come out to help yeah. their mum. And then they start and we finally get a scene where the humans get the one up instead of hiding all the time. They just start laying into these monsters, just shooting them with guns. And it's really satisfying. Unlike the last movie. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, I'm just saying the end. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Not um, the whole movie. Come on. So eventually the monsters become so numerous that they can't take all of them. So the mum, Evelyn, 
grabs her family members and like decides to run off. And eventually they hit the coast. Like the hero she is. They eventually, well, everyone's dying. Yeah, like, okay. Everyone's dying. So it's like. You, so the kids and the baby, they're with her? Yeah. Okay. So uh, Noah has the baby. He's brought the baby out. And yep. they all like, Evelyn grabs his her kids and then. Baby doesn't make a know, sound through all of this, of they, course. They leg it. The baby's in the box. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> the convenient box. Yeah. So they run off and we'll not see this journey on screen, but we'll eventually see they'll them. They'll just arrive at the coast. They'll arrive at the coast and they'll get into a boat and they'll see, be. See, I like, told you like these military bunkers the near coast yeah. so they weren't that far away yeah so they'll get on a boat and they'll decide to brave it out as far as they can from mm. from land because they're like that's a good idea we, we, why didn't anyone think of that before if they go out to like an oil rig or a ship or something in the middle of the ocean yeah. presumably it's too noisy because of all the ocean water crashing waves and stuff it's a perfect place to mm. survive yeah you're a genius Matty D thank you Kieran I feel like that might be in your plot as well that's why you're saying it no <laughs> it's not at all they go out into the water they're like well we, we just want to abandon the mainland what, like a little Rowboat. Yeah, and a little rowboat okay. that they find on the shoreline. And they're going to eventually find an island. And this is where so they're going to... Your movie's basically Day of the Dead. <laughs> It's like point by point day of the dead if you think I about it. I didn't even think about it like that. Even the, down to the military people who try and shoot them and surviving the post-apocalyptic yeah, I, I world, going, so. to the beach, so. going to an I, island. Honestly, honestly, I'm just piecing it from pieces in the trailer. The reason okay. I say island is because there's uh, actors credited in this as islanders? island people. Oh, like, interesting. But they're not islanders because I can see the actors. So right. it's just like... Island, island guy, yeah. island stranger, islander. So I was like, okay, well, they must go to an wow. island. So they go off Maybe to this island. I should island. have done the same research that you did. So pretty much there's a community of people that are surviving on this island because they're a small population. The monsters didn't go to this island. They went to where all the noise was. So they're kind of safe there. Of course, they have to be silent as well, but it's almost That's like- such a great idea as well, going to an island because yeah. there's like waves crashing on the beach. Presumably the aliens don't swim there. Mm, that's right. And or haven't landed there in the first place. Evelyn and her kids find this such a break from everything they've gone through because these people live she's like my Thai time primarily in peace like you would not even think they were in the apocalypse yeah so there's going to be a character whose name's Roger who's credited Jeez, how long movie. is this movie and he's oh we're wrapping it up okay and he sort of is the leader here and Evelyn speaks to her and he's, he sort of explains all this to her and she he takes her down and he's just like yeah we sort of you know we're not we're not bothering with it and Evelyn says look we've found a way to defeat these monsters I know how to kill them and he'll take her down to like a basement level an island basement level yeah well you know in like a house or something it'll okay. be like a, like another island's uh, not famous for their basements another, but still another another bunker or something and here we'll see an actual monster that they've captured and they've oh, been there doing we go. they've been doing experiments again on it. like in day of the dead <laughs> where they've been doing experiments on it to try to find a weakness and this is where the movie will end will be evelyn coming face to face with one of these monsters and the idea the of called bub and the idea of evelyn is bringing something to these guys that is i know how to kill these things i know the weakness i've seen it happen but I need the resources and so we're going to get the idea that okay we're going to set it up for another movie because that's the only way I could see this happening rolling out or at least leaving it on a cliffhanger what did you say this guy's name was? Roger Roger okay not Dr. Frankenstein <laughs> but yeah so it's going to be what are the human race going to do now cut now to that, black now that all the pieces are together cut to black and that's my plot potentially setting it up for a sequel but or it could also be a, a standalone adventure exactly exactly it could just be a cliffhanger which I think worked for the last movie or it could be opening it up for a sequel which I think they want to do just shows the kids fishing on the beach <laughs> cut to credits that's right there we go wow I really like that one Matty D thanks 
I think it's way more involved than I think the actual movie will be. I'm not sure they'll go that complicated with it, but you never know. Mm. We'll see when the movie comes out. Yeah. So I'm interested to know what you have to say, what you think is going to happen. Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, I think you and I have almost entirely different Really? Plots. Obviously the same characters pop up, but in almost entirely different ways and different scenarios. So I'm so excited to reveal what happened in my plot. I've got to tell you, I mentioned this already. I found this one really hard. I had no clear idea. And I think it's obvious from your plot that you had no real clear idea <laughs> either so we're just interpreting like flashes of images in a trailer yeah. it's no real surprise that we're that different but yeah, there's a few little similarities i'm here, so excited when we're when we have a different idea there right? was a point where i was like i have no idea what's going to happen in this movie so i just threw everything at the wall i'm like what would they do what would you do in this sort of movie and you can sort of tell at a point where i'm just like yeah i don't know what's going to happen so any old thing any old thing's gonna happen monsters burst in there you go so let's get straight into it. So quite like you, we start with a flashback to day one of the alien invasion, where the mother and her three kids are desperately trying to find the father in the middle of the initial creature attack. So quite like you, they're in the car, they're driving around trying to find him. He, I think, was at work or something like that. And they're like, we've got to pick him up and then go to our farmhouse for safety. So we have a spectacular action sequence, which is all one shot or set up to be all one shot. Might be faked a little bit. Again, this is something we saw in the trailer where we're POV within the family car. We're sitting in the back seat panning around looking at all the chaos there's a bit where one of the creatures is driving a bus it looks like i don't know why she couldn't just swerve around the bus i don't think creatures driving the bus is it i think the guy dies in the bus seat and yeah and the creature's in the bus but you see it pop out of the front window yeah but it almost looks like the creature's driving the bus to me <laughs> Anyway, so... Got to pay the bills. She doesn't have the ability to swerve around the bus for Can't some reason. People. Even though there's clear space on either side of the bus, but we'll ignore that because it's just a breathtaking action scene. And at this stage, nobody is aware that the creatures rely on sound to hunt. So this is before they made that discovery. So the family find the father amidst the chaos, played again by director John Krasinski, and they escape to the countryside. So he's in this movie in your plot? Yeah. So he'll only appear at the start. This is his little cameo, little nod and wink to the first movie. And as they're escaping to the countryside, he assures the rest of the family as long as we're all together we'll be safe bam we cut to present day which as we discussed is early 2020 right now and we find the family where we left them so the father's dead we've got the newborn baby and the son and the daughter are there even though the son has visibly aged about a year and hit puberty within a matter of hours so we're back at the farm from the first movie, which is in tatters, and the family have been able to kill all three of the creatures that stalked them throughout the first movie. We've started at the end of the action. So the creatures are dead, the farm is burning, the family's ready to move on. So since the farm is wrecked and holds too many bad memories, the family decides it's best to move on and try and find other survivors. Also, they now know the creature's weakness, high frequencies. The daughter now arms herself with a portable speaker, a microphone, and a homemade hearing aid. Cool. So they can fight off creatures while they're out and about. Oh, they could just use the baby as well, that high-pitched yeah, whale. <laughs> and they can't stand it. Didn't work in the last movie, not going to work in this movie. Their ultimate plan is to get the word of the creature's weakness out to the world and potentially save everyone from being monster chow. So after collecting some essential surprise from the wreckage of the farm, including the soundproof baby box, which played a huge role in your movie too, they set out into the big bad world. They soon come across an abandoned warehouse, which to their surprise has been booby-trapped with noisemakers. <laughs> Again, like we saw in the trailer. They run to a safe distance before a single creature shows up to investigate. And using the frequency weapon, so the portable speaker and the hearing aid, and a shotgun, the family is able to blast the creature's head to bits. Unfortunately, they've now used their last shotgun shell. So during the battle that we didn't see between the last movie and this one... They used up all their ammunition. Right, right. And whoever's viewing them from a sniper rifle is looking at this going, what? But unbeknownst to them, they're being watched by a mysterious person through a sniper scope <laughs> is literally my next note. <laughs> 
Aware that the noise will draw even more creatures, the family flees into the warehouse where they're confronted by a stranger played by Cillian Murphy. And from this point onwards, I refer to him as the stranger, so you'll just know from now on that's who I'm referring to, Cillian Murphy. The stranger urges them to be quiet as another creature is stalking into the warehouse from above. The stranger quickly leads the family away from the creature and into an old furnace. Not a vault, Matty D, a furnace. Okay. Which he has been using as a safe room. How big is the furnace? Not particularly big. Slightly larger than like a train furnace. So you can fit a few people in there, maybe five people, but it's regular furnace size, like industrial furnace. Okay. Because in my mind, it was kind of like, you know, the old French Revolution underground bunkers. That's what I had in my mind. We'll see when the movie comes out, but Mm. I think it's a very cramped, enclosed, dark space, which he only goes into for emergencies. So he lives in the warehouse. He's got his setup in there, but if a monster ever comes in, he goes into the furnace, shuts the door presumably it's soundproof enough in there and the creatures can't get in so it essentially acts like a safe but it's an old furnace with blankets in it this creature here looked different as well i didn't even notice that maybe it's just better cgi maybe maybe. so the family tells the stranger about the creature's weakness but the stranger laments that there isn't a world left to save the mother reveals her newborn baby to the stranger and tells him if they can defeat the creatures the world can start again fresh maybe you and i could make a few babies (laughs) of our own no i don't think that's the moving on fast The stranger softens and agrees to house the family temporarily and supply them for their journey to Washington, D.C., where they hope to find surviving members of the government. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So that's their big plan. They're like, if we can go and tell the government they've got more resources and they've got presumably more ways of communicating. Push that button. They can, no. Well, they can arm themselves with frequency weapons. They're not just from a farmhouse. They're the government, for Christ's sake. They've got to be surviving in a bunker somewhere. Yeah, it's a good guess. So that's their plan. They're just guessing, though. The stranger informs them that he's been listening to the CB radio but hasn't heard anyone else for weeks now, suggesting that he thinks that they're the only people still alive. He thinks everyone else in the world is dead and they're the only survivors, quite like in Day of the Dead, which was basically your plot. The family settles in with a stranger and he says he doesn't have enough supplies for everyone, but he'll head out with one of the members of the family tomorrow to scavenge for what they need. Just then, as the son is listening to the CB radio with headphones on, (laughs) he hears a broadcast. The broadcast claims to be from a nearby community of survivors, very similar to your plot, Matty D, who say they are safe from the creatures and welcome all to come and join them. The next morning, the stranger heads out with the daughter to investigate the survivor community. The mother is reluctant for her daughter to go with the stranger, but the daughter insists through sign language that she's a big girl now. (laughs) Okay. I'm independent now. They sort of covered this in the first movie. That was a big thing of her character, right, in the last movie. that's it. The two pick their way through the post-apocalyptic wasteland and were treated to lengthy shots of long-abandoned civilizations with Matty D's favourite soundtrack in the background. The stranger is sour to the world and suspects that the broadcast is a trap set by bandits hoping to lure in unsuspecting people and rob them, but the daughter is slightly more hopeful and gives him a quizzical look in response, (laughs) as is tradition of the daughter. The two reach the community by nightfall and cautiously observe it from afar from a little hilltop. From their vantage point, it appears to be a regular suburban-style community, and they soon notice that there are several speakers set up around the houses that are emitting high-pitched frequencies to keep the creatures at bay. So that's how they survive for so long. They've also worked out the weakness. Oh, okay. Imagine if they went to like a football stadium or something. That'd be really cool. Yeah. For the speakers-wise. That just made me think of that. I mean, you'd have a constant migraine from the high frequencies, but still, you're alive. Is that what's happening in this community? High frequencies are playing all the time? Yeah. Okay. So they've got speakers up. I don't know. They might have set them up in the Could initial days. Could be like dog whistle frequencies so yeah. they can't hear it. Essentially. Yeah, it's so high that they can't hear it, but the creatures can hear it. Let's yeah. go with that. <laughs> 
The stranger is still apprehensive about the community, but then he spots someone he recognises. A small boy is wandering around a set of clotheslines, and it turns out to be the stranger's son. What? Dun, dun, dun. We find out in a flashback that the stranger and his family were attacked by the creatures during the initial invasion. That's why his wife is credited and other family members. And the stranger had fled after presuming his entire family was killed. So basically, maybe they were in their car, they were pinned down by a monster, he managed to get out, but he's like, they're dead, better leave. But it turns out that his former friend and neighbour, Jaiman (laughs) Onsu, had rescued his surviving son and took him under his wing. Jaiman also had a son that survived, and the three of them have been living happily together within this community. Meanwhile, we cut back to the mother and the son, who have several long and intense scenes of protecting themselves and the baby from stalking creatures, just to add a little bit of variety. Yeah, a little bit of tension. Like, oh, there's enough character-building moments, let's have an action scene. So are they outside the town when this happened? They're looking for supplies? No, they're just in the warehouse. Oh, okay. So the monsters are still hanging around the warehouse, and, right. you know, a baby's a baby, it's going to be noisy, it's yep. going to be colicky, so of course the monsters are going to come sneak. Mm. But yeah, it gives the son a chance to be heroic and the mother to do what she does best and look scared while clutching the baby. Back at the community, we learn that the stranger's son never really forgave the stranger for abandoning him and now looks up to Jaimon as his real father. He's my real dad. As we all would in this situation. Of course. The following day, most of the community are enjoying the summer sun outdoors as they can in their protected environment with the high frequencies. The daughter and the stranger are discussing the idea of returning to the mother and the son to bring them there today. Obviously, they're not going to just abandon them. (laughs) But their train of thought is broken when the stranger noticed that the power has gone out. Oh, no. The frequencies stop. The lights go out. Did it just go out or did someone trip it or something? We'll find out in a moment. The daughter hides and the stranger makes a mad dash to warn the community. But as he approaches them, several creatures swoop in and start picking people off like we see in the trailer in that one shot. He manages to make it to Jaimon's house and finds that Jaimon has hidden away the two boys in his closet. So he's already rescued them, plucked them up and put them in the closet. Is he alive? Yes, yeah. The stranger tells Jaimon that he wants to take his son back to the warehouse where he'll be safe, but Jaimon doesn't agree. The two begin to argue and the argument devolves into a struggle, which attracts the creatures. During their fight, Jaimon realises that it was the stranger who had cut the power, since he was jealous over Jaimon's new relationship with his son. Oh, so he's a bad guy in your plot as well. So when he said, you know, maybe the people out there aren't worth saving, turns out that he was talking about himself. So he doesn't see himself as a particularly great person, and he's illustrating it here by basically ruining this community just to get his son back. As the creatures enter the house, the stranger... Sorry, I just read ahead. As the creatures enter the house, the stranger tries to throw things at Jarman to draw the creatures <laughs> to him. And while they're distracted... <laughs> I hope Jarman throws things back. <laughs> like they're both, they're, they're they're cre- both the creature's like the- looking left yeah. and right, just like, which like way to go? a tennis match. <laughs> Maybe he tosses like a pot of vase that shatters near Jarman. Jarman's like, what are you doing? And while the creatures are distracted, the stranger grabs his son and attempts to flee. But his son cries out, Daddy! Referring to Jarman which instantly draws the creatures to them. Oh, no. The creatures swoop in, the camera cuts to because black. Because this child has been used to Jarman, speaking yeah. this whole time as well because of the high frequencies. Yeah. So he's not going to think, oh, i got to be quiet. Yeah, he doesn't know to be quiet. Exactly. See? Excellent writing here. Good on writing, behalf. Kieran. We cut back to the daughter, who has used all the chaos to slip away quietly. She returns back to the rest of her family in the warehouse, just in time to save them from one of the creatures, which she disables with her hearing aid contraption and shoots them dead. Her super hearing aid. Yeah, and shoots them dead with the gun that the stranger gave her. They turn on the stranger's CB radio, unplug the headphones to distract the creatures while they make their escape. In the final scene, we find that the family has arrived in Washington, D.C. Oh, okay. Which is in smoking ruins. 
Cut to credits. What? <laughs> in retrospect, I feel like they should have gone to an island if I had read the cast list properly on IMDb or whatever you read. Mm-hmm. Just find out that there were islanders. I IMDb, would have just gone, yeah. yep, at the end they go to an island happily ever after. But yeah, since I didn't do that research, I'm leaving it open. They've so, arrived at Washington, D.C. It's smoking. Cut to credits. Okay. So Hour we, 20 movie. We don't get to see what happens in Washington. Leaves on a cliffhanger, potential yeah. setup for follow movie. Yeah. But Also, we could presume that everyone there is dead. There's no hope. What a downer. Oh, everyone could be alive. Like I said, it's open for a potential part three. They could go either way. Hmm. And that was my plot. Very brief, wasn't it? Very brief, yeah. How'd you feel about it? Eh, <laughs> I'm about 20% confident. Right. What I saw in the trailers, I'm sure is going to be in the movie. Yes. But I suppose we'll see who's closer when the movie comes out. I know that the last movie, when you break it down, like it was a good movie, but not a lot of events happened. Yeah. So That's I'm, why I thought everything was going to be pretty brief. Yeah. So, so I think most of it is going to be tension and drawn out scenes because that's where the yeah. tension comes from. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think maybe being on the edge of your seat. It's either going to be the same kind of thing or it's going to be a lot of stuff happening. So I guess yeah. we'll see what happens. And if they might introduce, we didn't explore the monsters at all. No. I wonder if they're going to do that in this movie, like explore more about them, where they're from. Maybe there's bigger I don't ones. Think so. Maybe there's a queen just giving birth to them or something yeah. like an it alien. It really is aliens. But I don't know. I don't think they'll do that because it takes away the from mystique. the mystery. Yeah, that's what I think too. That's why I didn't go into it. I think they're scary if you don't also, know Also, because I was lazy them. as well. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Me too. So if you have any ideas of what you think is going to happen in A Quiet Place 2, if you disagree with Matty D and I, or even if you agree and you just want to change a few details, you can let us know at a couple of places. You can leave us a comment on this episode's page on the Podbean site, or you can find us on Facebook. Just do a search for Potential Spoilers Podcast and send us a DM or whatever you like on there. Yep. Send Matty D photographs, or you can send us an email at potentialspoilerspod at gmail.com. We are also on Instagram under oh. Potential Spoilers Pod and well, on new. Twitter in Potential Spoilers Pod as well. And so presumably they could contact us there as well. That's right, you can. There you go. Follow us on Feels those platforms. Free. Please do. Give us five stars on iTunes. <laughs> exactly. There's been plenty of people who have. <laughs> thank and, you very much, people. And a big thank you to the one person who gave us one star. There was a person that gave us one star? Yes. Oh, exciting. But, you know, they weren't critical about it, so I don't know. What didn't you like? If you don't like something, <laughs> let us know. Maybe you thought one Is it star the run was time? the good the good thing. Yeah. Maybe it's one solid star. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about next week. We're actually going to be taking a break from predicting movies, and we're going to be doing a prediction of a different kind. Mm-hmm. I know, whoa, what exactly is you talking about well Manny D and I are going to the Oscars. Yes. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at all the nominees for the major categories in the Academy Awards, and we're going to try and predict who the winners are going to be. We're going to get dressed up in our fancy suits. We're going to walk the red carpet and predict who's going to win what award. Yes. So it's going to be our second installment of our movie talk series, where we're just a little bit loosey-goosey. Throw the rules out the window. Throw the rules out the window. Have a bit more of a freeform structure. It's going to be a rebellious podcast, people. So be prepared for that. Yeah. And it'll be a nice little change of pace. So join us for that. And thank you for listening this week. And we'll catch you next week. Bye-bye.